There's a train passing by. I don't know if you. I can, can hear it. I feel yeah. like I'm in London. Yeah, <laughs> it's a. Hi, what's going on, everybody? I'm Meng Fei Liu, and you are listening to Toasty, the podcast where I chat with creative practitioners about the projects and their creative to- and their favorite toasties. And today we are joined by Neef Swenek, young filmmaker and creative based in Tefanganui Atara, Aotearoa. Neef. Welcome to Toasty Podcast. Sure, nice to be here. Hello. <laughs> Did I pronounce that right? Did I pronounce Tifanganui Atara? Yeah, Atara. you did pretty well. Thank you. So, for people who doesn't, who's not familiar with like Aotearoa, New Zealand, where is Tifanganui Atara? That's good old Wellington, Wellington city. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and. Thank you so much for joining me. I know it's like really early where you are at the moment. No, that's all good. I'm sitting, looking out over a very stormy Wellington actually at the moment. A stormy. Beautiful yesterday, but it's stormy today. You got you have works. a great great view. Right? I remember seeing on your Instagram story. Yeah, we are blessed with an amazing view actually. For people who doesn't really know you, who's never seen any of your work. Just from that intro that I did, young filmmaker and creative. Could you please tell us what is it that you do? Well, young, um, <laughs> young filmmaker, new filmmaker, maybe is another word for it. I have studied filmmaking for four years, so I did a bachelor's uh, at AUT, which is where I met you, yes, um, in Auckland, and then came down to. Te Atara to do my master's, which was a practical filmmaking course, which was amazing because uh, you were actually making films. And it was uh, making a whole lot of short films and documentaries um, with an amazing group of people. Um, and then I started out in the industry, funnily enough, when COVID kind of first hit New Zealand, which was a bit scary. So it's been a bit of kind of touch and go uh, since then. But I've been lucky enough to. Uh, work on some really cool projects uh, that are of a lot bigger scale than the short little films that I that I had done independently. So yeah, had had worked on uh, an amazing series called Mr. Corman, which has just come out, which came over from the US due to COVID, um, and learned all about big scale productions, uh, which was kind of baptism by fire, um, and then kind of have. I've been on a little Wellington um, series called Wellington Paranormal, which is not really little anymore because it's kind of overseas now, which is really exciting. I've heard about it, yeah. Yeah, and then I'm now on my first feature film, um, which is a Kiwi Tongan feature film, which is really exciting, but that's been paused due to COVID. So yeah, that was a very long answer, but I have kind of been kind of finding my feet within the world of filmmaking, whether that be small little projects or big exciting projects with actual money behind them <laughs> that's really cool so what what is your role at the moment um for these different projects big or small at the moment on the big projects i am literally the production assistant so um and people tell me off when i say that like oh i'm just the production assistant because it's actually an amazing experience mm. when you get to learn a lot of different skills but um so I work in the production department mostly and that's the same for the little independent films as well I've had my go at directing a few things which has been uh really epic 
but yes. at the moment, more on the production side of things. That's really yeah. cool. Um, just while we're on the side of um, Neef directing for um, our listeners who's listened to Lucy's <laughs> uh, podcast, we actually talked about the film. Do you remember, like, Lucy actually forgot about the name of the film? Not to expose Lucy here, but oh, now I forgot about it. The Perfect Fit. The Perfect oh, Fit. Oh, gosh. So oh that was a film that Lucy produced. Sorry, Lucy as in Lucy Brown Sinti. Lucy produced and Neef directed for our third last year at university. For them, be- uh, because they did film um, production. So that's the film. I honestly can't look at that film. <laughs> so that's, only, that's only from what? how long ago? 2018? That's... 18 or yeah. 19? 18. Seems like a long time ago, but yes, that was that was an experience. No, it's amazing. It's um, amazing what you learn along the way. But yeah, it's sometimes hard to look back at your work that you're kind of like, oh, yeah. I don't know if it's that polished. But anyway, do you think that's always going to be the way though, as a filmmaker? Um... Uh, probably, <laughs> or maybe maybe you reach like a, a a plateau or a level where you're kind of like, yeah, I definitely know my stuff now. I don't know. We'll see. I'll, t- I'll report back on that. We will <laughs> see. sure. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me because um, I have some notes here that, um, by the way, Neves, um, you've got a beautiful website. I really like it. Who who do you make your website with? Is it Wix or? It is Wix, which kind of some people um, frown at <laughs> because I, yeah, I've heard some interesting things about Wix, but I somehow right. ended up starting doing it on that and I've just continued. I think it constantly needs updating. Please check out com. You will see the uh, some of the projects that um, Neef just mentioned. And <laughs> also I've got all my little notes here in the about section. I really loved how you wrote a little intro of what it is that you do and what you are trying to achieve through filmmaking. So I've got here spaces women are given to narrate and collaborate on content from both behind and in front of the camera. My priority is to normalize the presence of women, trans, gender diverse and gender non-binary in all stages of these creative processes where our contributions are seen as just as vital as those of male storytellers. That kind of um, reminded me of... um, you know, when you say you can't really look back to the perfect fit, because you because you take a lot of part of um, what's the best way to describe describe it? Because I remember you were saying in your about section that you reflect quite a lot of yourself in the work that you make. Mm. So do you think your your work kind of follows like reflects on different stages of yourself as well, or am I making too much out of it? Maybe. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I definitely would agree with that. Um, it's interesting. I think a lot of my work, I mean, there's always going to be parts of you in your work, right? There has to be, I guess. Um, that's what makes you, I guess, a creative. <laughs> I don't know if that's really answering what you're saying. But um, yeah, I find my work sort of interesting because sometimes I do... I'm more interested in different communities and different people that might be uh, facing injustice, I guess, in the world. No, not I guess, that are facing injustice in the world. Mm. I think I've become quite sensitive to that. I don't know really how because I do need to acknowledge that 
I am a very, I'm a privileged Pākehā woman that actually has it blooming easy in the world. Um, but for some reason, I just have this need um, or desire to, to kind of be involved in those spaces where people are, are finding themselves room uh, behind and in front of the camera and, and using storytelling to, yeah, to get, to get their ideas and their messages out into the world. Yeah, that was a kind of a bit of a rambled answer, but um, yeah, yeah. I for me, I see it as a way that you you know express you make trying to make a change against these injustices through filmmaking, because I think different people are doing it different ways, and this is how you are doing it, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, and I think sometimes. Um, I think it's quite interesting. I get asked quite a lot mm. at the moment in the early stages of my career, what do you want to be or where do you want to kind of, what role do you want to move into? Yeah. And I'm really shit at answering that. And in fact, here's my little silly brief story. I was driving Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the car one day and he said to me, he asked me about my directing like debut and was, was it just you and like, him was it just you? yeah so I wow. was so lucky to drive around some really awesome people um and meet some really cool actors and crew members and stuff but anyway so Joseph Gordon-Levitt asked me like what do you want to do where do you want to kind mm. of go and I like got an answer <laughs> which is so embarrassing well not embarrassing but I just couldn't give him a succinct answer like I still can't right now but I was thinking about it kind of last night and I was like I think that's because I'm still figuring out where I can sit in these kind of creative spaces and political spaces um uh where I'm there to support appropriately support um different communities and people that need to be seen and heard Mm. uh without claiming or moving too much into those spaces because they're actually not my stories they are other people's stories that um live and feel these injustices all the time yeah um so yeah I think and I don't know if that transfers directly to a film role (laughs) or I'm just like at the moment I feel like I'm a general person that's kind of immersed myself in the space and I'm just trying to figure out where people are okay with me to sit and yeah where it is appropriate for me to kind of um step in I guess support Yeah. yeah yeah without stepping in too much I don't know yeah I'll once again get back to you on that what did you what did you say back to um Joe though in the car what exactly did you say I probably sort of made something up (laughs) but I was probably like I think I said something like oh yeah like um I do love to direct and like I do love to direct when I get the opportunity to do it I mean I have had moments where I've had like the chance to be directing where I've mm. actually had like stage fright and I've freaked out, but I know that I, I do love it. Like I, that is the space that I probably feel the most comfortable in ironically. Mm. Um, so I said something like that to him. I said that, yeah, like I love to direct. And I was like, this is my upcoming project. <laughs> I sort of like, you have to fake it till you make it. But also um, I was talking to someone that was, that directs and has acted his whole entire life. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. But anyway. Wow. There's so many. Well, while you were talking, it just popped out in my head. There's so many things I want to ask you. Also, like, Joseph, doesn't he have, like, a whole creative community thing 
online does, yeah. that yeah that supports yeah. people and like bring people's idea to life Hit so, record is the name of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Also, I wanted to share something just so really fresh, actually fresher than when we last talked, um, like two days ago, because I've been recently involved with this. The, the museum that I work with had a film yeah. crew and artist who went in to the museum and filmed an art performance in the um, in the space that I work. So I was there kind of to like make sure everyone's okay because the museum is actually like the whole thing is an art object is is a piece of artwork like it's a house museum so bed sofa art collections and the film crew was actually all male and it was four of them so it's quite a small you know relatively small film crew I, I just felt like it was a bit uncomfortable for me, I guess, because also I was, you know, helping out moving stuff around and the artist assistant happens to be a Chinese girl as well. <laughs> so I, to be fair, it was quite quite nice to meet someone because I was not expecting to meet anyone who's Asian, also female, and the artist assistant happens to be you know, Asian female, and she happened to be Chinese. So we were kind of like moving stuff around and like just doing what they told us to. And that that felt, I mean, I know that that was my job and I did it, but that made me feel quite uncomfortable. And I think because Mm. of what's been happening last year and this year, I just, um, I don't know, maybe I'm not allowed to say this. Um, Maybe I'm making too much into it again, but it's just with everything that I've been seeing in New Zealand with like this huge um, Asian community making film together and like doing different things. So that's happened um, like literally yesterday and two days ago. So I just wanted to share that with you. I don't think that you need to, that you should feel at all like that's um, thinking too much into anything. I think that's, you being very aware of stuff and um I don't know if I don't know if um I can't say gen like I'm not going to generalize men but I yeah sometimes I do wonder if uh males so you say I'm generalizing um, in in those spaces are aware of the imbalance I don't know. It would be very interesting to know because if they are, I never really see that they're aware of it. And it is like those little moments and those little things where you're kind of like, huh, all the four people that are kind of in the key creative roles are that are driving this project are male and yeah. And then the people on the sidelines. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. But, but to be honest, sorry, not sidelines. I don't mean to say it like that. Actually, that's totally... I've learnt to, yeah, change the way I talk about stuff like that because as someone that's just starting out that is in roles that are, you know, production artists. It's hard to like, not to, yeah. though. I feel like, especially when you were talking about directing and um, sometimes you, you I, th- I thought it was interesting that you said sometimes you get st- stage fright when you are directing. And I wanted to ask you, is it because of the power that and the responsibility that director has? That's why it's... um. It is. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting because uh, I saw even on my on my website, um, I kind of talk about wanting to be involved in spaces where you are able to make mistakes and kind mm. of learn and grow from them because 
quite often when you do get that like that moment to shine or or be in those uh creative roles um as a female and I think this is probably very reflective of just being a female in general when you do get that chance to to show yourself you're almost expected to be perfect because you've got that chance now you know prove yourself whereas I feel like sometimes male filmmakers or just yeah males in those positions are allowed to it's not it's not as much of a big deal to kind of muck it up um and and learn from it I don't know yeah maybe there's always yeah I don't know I don't want to get too (laughs) too nitty-gritty or like general about things yeah my sentences aren't very succinct but I I know I know what I'm trying to say about it I could probably sum that up a bit better for you but um no, I like it. I think that's how I speak as well. And I don't know whether or not it's just because I know you and we, we've been friends and that's why I can um, understand you. But I think you're doing you're doing really well. And I think because of the it's, way it's, that I ask questions, it's quite weird as well. I kind of No, 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 no. I think I loved, I love Toasty. I love the fact that it, you're humble and you're like calm. You're very good at keeping people calm. Oh. It's very much a you thing, actually. Um, I think back to when I was probably confident in the way that I spoke about things um, and had ideas and that was when I was younger and who knows they were probably all shit ideas because I was maybe you know young and naive about stuff but I was confident in the way I could speak and I think that Mm. and I used to love public speaking like that was my thing I used to love acting as well I don't know if I was any good at it that's actually loved it yeah I mean are we talking about it now because um at the beginning of our friendship I mean, long story short, you are the reason why I was working at Basement Theatre for as long as I lived in New Zealand, basically. I know that's not true. Since 2016, it was because you were in that show, Shoulda, Coulda, Woulda, Wow, in September 2016. Oh my God. September, October. I remember the month of it. I remember it was winter, maybe like July or something. So that, like, you've, you do act I don't and you know what I wrote in my calendar (laughs) like last week look for acting classes in Wellington because I'm in Wellington the capital city which is a creative city and there's acting happening all around and I'm in the blooming film industry and I don't know why I haven't tapped back into that even if it's just to get a better idea of directing as well Mm. like um and and being involved in the actor's space because yeah good director has an understanding of all of that obviously I think it's great and sorry to interrupt you what you were saying about confidence and um see this is how I speak I just kind of jump around and I get really excited (laughs) because there's so much things I want to ask you but I can relate to that because sometimes when I've given a space and a time to, to to express myself to express my ideas I almost feel I I often I'm quite apologetic for taking that space and time um Mm -hmm. to express myself and I think I mean less now than before and I think I am getting better at just really owning that space um but I do feel like sometimes this still exists especially when I'm surrounded with more people that are not that are quite you know single colored and older Mm. or like male dominated I do tend to be less confident than I than I mm. could have um 
So yeah, I can I can relate to that when you're talking about confidence. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Like it's awesome to hear that as you you're you're growing up and you're becoming more aware of things that you're like, nah, this is actually my space, and you are kind of able to to start you know build up that confidence. I think interestingly, maybe I grew up. I did grow up in a very ideal world with an amazing supportive family that mm. you know an amazing I love your family that allows me I love my family too <laughs> far out I honestly love shout my out family to them. so much shout out to my family yes yeah probably where I was encouraged to speak and do things and you know express myself and as I grew up and maybe when I moved out of home I don't know when I started to kind of go out into the world a little bit more I definitely begun to lose that confidence and um yeah and sometimes I go that's being a woman I don't know if that sounds sad but like um yeah kind of my ability to even form sentences properly sort of just I kind of lost it a bit and I think at the moment I'm probably in I'd say like a creative dry spell and I'm finding that quite hard like not having ideas that I am confident to drive forward and go like you know feel in my gut and go with them and I think that yeah probably you know comes comes along with all of that other stuff and so I'm figuring out how to kind of reclaim that I'm figuring out how to be more like you and get <laughs> you know find your space again I mean and build yeah. your own ideas up and and just go yeah this is what I'm gonna make and I feel strong by it and um and I'm gonna do it I think I think mostly you're saying this because I told you that I recently asked someone out by saying, ah, "Are you single?" <laughs> Honestly, I was in the supermarket the you other were, day okay. yesterday after talking to you, and I was like, "That boy's cute." <laughs> and I was like, "Should I?" What would you, what would Ming do? What would Ming exactly. do? <laughs> but I didn't. I I had my mask on. I got my groceries. I was in my in my exercise gears so I just I do you know what I think right. that's really hot when you are in your exercise gears and you're a bit just a bit sweaty <laughs> you know the adrenaline's pumping I get it I get it that's interesting that you you mentioned you're going through a bit of a creative dry spell at the moment is it because of yeah. the lockdown do you think Oh, we could blame it on that. I don't know. Sometimes people are like, that's made them more creative or more, you know, there's a lot of pressure to be creative or make something of lockdown and use that time and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And that's great for some people. But I actually, I, I don't know, maybe it's a, me finding myself in the real world where I have um, previously, I've grown up in really educational settings my whole life like I left high school went straight to university and then from you know bachelors I went straight into masters like literally year after year Mm. and I think in those spaces like I was so motivated because maybe it's really sad to say but maybe I was driving towards like not grades but you know there were deadlines and there were like almost like pressures at to get stuff done and no I think that's like enthusiastic all the yeah I see them as really specific goals. And I think yeah. you work, some people, I do too, I work better when I have a goal, when I have a really specific goal that I'm trying to achieve. Yeah, I don't think you're a grade driven person at all, but maybe you are. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, 
yeah the, the goal thing like maybe it's about learning how to actually set my own goals oh but then also the thought comes to mind like oh, maybe I'm not even a creative maybe <laughs> I mean what does that word really mean a creative but maybe I'm not let's not go there yeah no let's not but also <laughs> my brain totally goes there all the time I'm like am I supposed to be I'm like should I go back to university should I study something completely different should I become a psychologist probably not but um all those thoughts that run through your head because let's face it being in this industry being in the creative world it's not easy like one of the producers said the other day they were like yeah. let's face it let's call it right now if we wanted to make lots of money we would be in completely different industries <laughs> like we do this because we love it yeah um that's true that is totally true but you're here i'm here and all of the other toasty people are here you know I was literally because I was in Edinburgh last week and I was with my friend Kirsty who I think I told you about and yeah it's the same thing you guys are all freelancers and Kirsty's got an amazing business partner called um, Becca shout out to them and literally like seeing how they work they have to do everything from managing tax to like working in studio maintaining relationships with within the studio working with clients and it's a lot and I can imagine like you know the the gig economy that this is what I did for my uh bachelor's you know creative industries um it's a lot and I it's um it takes a lot away from you I mean surely there's something that's good about it that's why there's still so many people still doing it you know totally Um, yeah there has to be something no yes there's definitely a shitload of things that are amazing about it when it pays off boy it pays off Totally. And I think through filmmaking, what you are in- enabling a lot of people who work with you doing is literally, like you said, you you are giving lots of people a platform to express themselves that otherwise they probably would never be given a platform. And yeah, I do. I do find that interesting though as well. Like I, I wouldn't want to say that I. I get what you mean. I don't. I wouldn't want to say that I give them platforms uh but yes like I guess yeah the tool the tool of filmmaking totally does and being involved in that is a way to yeah support it and drive it that doesn't really make sense but it does it's it's yeah it's kind of like a topic that I still am learning how to speak about properly because you know as I've said like I sit in a very privileged position myself and I don't want to be the person that is yeah no I don't know I don't know how to say it I see okay now I know what you mean yeah that that are giving people that platform but as if they didn't have that platform before yeah and because the thing is is that that is totally their right and Mm, their mm. um that is totally where they should be and it's just the world is taking so freaking long to to get people into those spaces or unfortunately allow people into those spaces which is so dumb like yeah why should they be having to fight to even just be in that area behind a camera um or or whatever it may be in the creative world telling their stories like yeah it's just taken far too long for that to all come to fruition and there is still so much obviously fight to go and so still so much so so many more conversations to be had to get people into those areas and to yeah 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 yeah. do you remember (laughs) 
I'm definitely keeping that. Um, <laughs> no, that's so messy. Do you remember our first year that with with the the film that we made with H, Might Pitch, which I don't think anyone remembers, was uh, we were in the same class, and my idea was to interview because I lived in student accommodation WSA first year and I got to know the security guard in the building because you know one night I was out all night and then come back in the morning and he opened the gate for me and we'd all then we kind of just became friends sort of um because he's also the uh the bouncer for family on k-road as well so i see him oh there oh my god he well. would have amazing stories i know and i that's why i was like i'm gonna you know but i think my pitch was a bit poor i didn't actually i, I actually i don't think i expressed it very well of like the amazing story of um i didn't have an angle i guess that's what people say right in the creative industry so my idea was not uh, chosen, but that's like kind of you know I've never stopped being so interested in like everyday people and that's so you. Oh my god, that is so you. And we totally should have done that story. Honestly, like that is because you. It's like looking back now. It's like you already had your. I don't. Oh, excuse me for saying the word brand, but you already had like your flavor. Like that's. Yeah, and even still to this day, like you're sitting here doing podcasts with people that you're interested in, like, and you want to hear their stories, and that's like, yeah, that's a strong. That's you definitely did have an angle. You have an angle. <laughs> maybe not for that specific story when you had to stand up in front of a room full of, let's be honest, quite naive at the time, young people that think that filmmaking means you have to, you know, I don't know, be all serious about it, but mm. um. That totally sounds like a story. I just, I feel like I was actually thinking about this today. I was like, you know, like obviously sleeping, not sleeping with you, like speaking with you <laughs> um, has brought back a lot of memories that's like, that I haven't been thinking about for a long time. Hopefully good memories. Yes, yeah, really good memories. Do you, do you mm. remember you guys, you and Lucy cut me a fringe and we became the <laughs> fringe, fringe friends, fringe gay. <laughs> I still have that photo, by the way. I'm totally going to use that for um, the cover of this podcast. Um, oh, my God, amazing. I think oftentimes I feel quite invisible. Most of the time when I move to New Zealand, I have to be honest. I feel invisible because um, a lot of people, most of the time after I show up or after I've said my name, people tend to ignore me. But I have, you know, I've, I have, there's, there's so much to know about me. So I think... That's what's kind of been driving me to get to know more people who are also kind of invisible, who's mm. kind of not invisible is not the right word to use. But so I tend to avoid, I guess, really shining people. But Toasty is different, I guess. Um, yeah, the shining people don't really need much more attention, let's be honest. Yeah. But I was really lucky to be involved with um, the H um, project. To be fair, that's the only film that I've made. And I remember one of our film tutors was so proud of me after, because the four of us, we all had to do our own edit. And then we did like like a little screening at the end of that semester. It was really interesting, by the way, to see how we had the same footage, the exact same, mm. and how everyone did it differently. Yeah. Um, and I remember... Was it Liz or Elizabeth? Uh, 
the the tutor yeah, who looks like a witch. Liz with the amazing curly hair. Yeah, she came yeah. she came up to me and she shook my hand and she was like, "Look how far you've came." And she came up to me again uh, at graduation, and I was like, "I can't believe you remember me." She was like, "Of course I do," but yeah, she was great. Anyway, sorry yeah, that was, was a bit、great. of um, I needed to、uh, tell you that for some reason. No, that's good because <laughs> you were there. Because you were there. I was there. We were. We were there. That's the. That was the start of everything. That really was. Another thing I wanted to ask you about, which you've kind of mentioned about education, because I don't. So I went on to do my masters, and you did too. What were we thinking between bachelors and <laughs> masters? Do you know what I mean? What do you mean? What were we thinking? Is that like a?、Um... No, like I not like. Oh, you're not a... being sarcastic. No, I'm not. Because <laughs> I just... was. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a joke. Is it? I don't know. I think you enjoyed it because I. I remember seeing,、uh, following your social media,、mm. you guys were like out there making things all the time. So, how、yeah. do you think masters and bachelors, I don't know, helped you to to kind of figure out getting closer to where you'd want to be and what you want to do? To be very honest, one of the biggest things it did give me was the ability or the. Contacts to network with, and that sounds sort of a bit superficial, but that is, I mean, maybe network's not the right word. Maybe it's more collaboration to to collaborate with those, those abilities,、um, to jump in a group and work with different people and、mm. talk to very experienced, seasoned film filmmakers and、yeah. learn from them and and know that you can have those very open conversations with them.、Um, Yeah, but, but but what the master's program did do is, since it was by creative practice, which is totally what filmmaking should be,、um, obviously, is it let you put your hands on the tools and decide that. Or let me confirm that yes, I do hate sound. I can't do sound for shit.、Um, it's harder than it looks. It let me have a go at the camera and realize, yeah, strengths and weaknesses, and you know all of those things. So it let, let us put our hands on the tools, which is really great. But also work under pressure, which I know lots of academic or university spaces generally do give you that experience. But、um, yeah, work on multiple projects at the same time,、mm. which arguably probably exhausted us too much. But yeah, I guess learn how to cope with that stress, which I don't think is very a good thing because <laughs> because we shouldn't be like accepting that that's <laughs> how the industry works. We should be changing that. And I'm laughing when I say that, but I. Actually, mean it. Yeah. Don't know how we change that, but would love to find out how. It's it's the thing about creative things because it's so unpredictable. Like, say, if you're filming at night time, you have you on the street, and then you have to wait for that. You know, after midnight when no one's on the street to do that. The project that I just helped out with actually was involved kimchi. So I found myself somehow eight p.m. in the gallery washing like. Squeezing out the kimchi juice out of the cabbage and put the kimchi away. So the things that we have to do.、Um, But also, isn't that? I guess maybe that comes back to what we we're talking about before. Maybe that is the beauty of it all. Maybe that, <laughs> maybe squeezing kimchi at eight pm at night is is the pale is the pale <laughs> of the creative <laughs> industry. Like you do though, you get to you find yourself in the weirdest spaces、yeah. with like completely different people, and that is. Yeah, that's totally the payoff. Like, 
maybe yeah also what we were saying before like it's not about the filmmaker giving the people a platform to share their stuff it's like as the the filmmaker you are like learning so much about the world like obviously you know you're learning shit loads i have ended up i don't know like you on in the middle of the night filming random things and then i've also ended up recently on a project spending a couple of days with like eight female tradies that yeah completely different to me but like i saw that trailer yeah yeah just like some amazing driven people um and then I've also, on a recent project, ended up finding so much out about the Tukalaan community out in Nainai and Wellington and knowing that there's like a whole other world of amazing people and culture that's like thriving and living there that I wouldn't have probably, unfortunately, found out about otherwise. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When I was um, squeezing the kimchi juice, I was like, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't want to do anything else. Well, although I would love to be. <laughs> pajamas yes <laughs> you could um, be in your pajamas squeezing kimchi juice like you could have the best of both worlds i mean anyone who's creative can probably relate to that what's been the weirdest thing that you've done for the the creative world the weirdest thing oh god i don't know um Hmm, haven't prepped that answer. Haven't prepped any of my answers, let's be honest. What's the weirdest thing I've done? I don't know. I don't know what the weirdest thing I've done is. I can come back to you on that because I'm sure there are lots of weird things. Um, but I have to share this story just because Ooh. I think it's hilarious. Story time. Back to good old old mate Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I totally was driving him home one night after we'd just finished a big block of shooting so it was just Wait, before who Christmas is this? this is Joseph Joseph yeah. so Joseph yeah on the, on the American project that came over and we were listening to some tunes like it was all good and oh then oh my god you guys one day was, well, okay let's cut the story short I totally ran through a red light with him in the car and to be <laughs> fair to be fair it was orange when I went through and you know like when you're going through traffic lights and you're like okay I've got to make that you know that decision whether I slow down or I go through because you can yeah, still yeah. go through an orange light if it's you know yeah the speed you're going at allows oh, that's you know what I'm trying to say anyway went through it turned red when I was in it and who did I pull out in front of but a cop <laughs> so wow. I got pulled over with Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the car <laughs> and honestly I thought this is it. This is my career over. Like I'm done for. <laughs> this was my first big job. That I'm done for. I'm a I'm a cast driver. That's kind of all I really was. And I ran through a red light. Uh, and the cop pulled us over. Shined, shone the light on Joseph's face. Oh, it was, was like, nighttime. It was nighttime. Yeah, it was nighttime. Right. It was after a big day of filming. I was like, please let, let him like see and like let us get, let get off. What am I trying to say? Please let us, you know, get away yeah, with this, which yeah. is very naughty of me to think. Uh, but he, they obviously didn't recognise him. Um, and I got like a full-on ticket. And luckily, Joseph thought that it was funny. Because if not, I was like, this could have been me. Like, I could have said goodbye to filmmaking forever. <laughs> no, and I, I sure. swore, I swore I said to Joseph, I was like, that'll be a great story to tell my kids one day, but also I'm not telling anyone else. Like, I'm taking that to my grave, minus my children. Um, you know, this is going on a podcast now. I know, no, no. And it's since then, 
I think I've told everyone I've ever freaking met. Right, I'm right. like, let me tell you my story. I'm like, why do I let this out? This does not make me look good. And I have been known to be a bit of a mental driver. But I love that. I feel like that is such a strong impression that you made. I don't think he'd... he'd yeah, no, he'd he definitely remembers you. my name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the crazy girl that drove you through a red light, but anyway. Um, the moral of that story is everyone makes mistakes and, <laughs> and it's okay. That's it. Yeah, it, like, honestly, <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's like a creative thing or like life-wise I think back of those times I was like oh my god like this is the hardest thing the most difficult thing I've ever experienced in my life and whenever I think about it like the things in the past and I was like oh and then I kind of thought it was okay so those are the moments that are quite comforting for me when I'm mm. facing challenges and problems now and then I tell myself oh do you know what that's how I felt last time and that last time was okay so this time yeah we might just get away with it as well. In hindsight, it's all actually okay. Yeah, we're doing really well. You're doing really great, <laughs> sweetie. Being illegal, but anyway, it's fine. Tell us something about more about the filmmaking world. Just because I was recently in that project with that film crew, actually, I felt how important it is actually to have like really good people skills. And like, how do you communicate with the crew? And like, especially we talked about this before, when you are a director, when you have that responsibility, like being a director is literally telling people what to do, right? Yeah, uh, no, totally. It is. It's kind of more though, my idea of what that's supposed to look like is shifted slightly. Um, Where you're, you need to, you need to be in your, someone said your creative just your creative little bubble with you and your actors and your key kind of HODs and of the technical departments, obviously like the, the DP and stuff, but the AD, so the assistant director is the one that really is driving the set. Like that is their set and they uh, pull in all the strings and communicating with all the people. um, And while they're doing that, they're keeping the director safe in their little creative bubble so no one can touch them. That, you know, that is, shouldn't have their... Right. Shouldn't have their, um, yeah, input. But, yeah, anyway, so... Um, but, yeah, learning how to communicate with all the actors and things like that, that's mm. that's a massive thing. Yeah. Getting a performance out of someone. Neef Swinak, what is your favourite way of making a toasty? <gasps> Ah, the question that I've just... This is the question I prepped for. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, what? I was like, first of all, I was like, what is like some really interesting art that I can give you and it'll blow all your minds about what toastie is my favourite toastie. And then I was like, I've got to be honest with myself. Favourite kind of toastie is a toastie that my dad would make for me and my brother all the time growing up. And it's your classic cheese, tomato, and thinly sliced, has to be thinly sliced, <laughs> onion. Uh, with dad always put like a little sprinkling of like dried herbs on. And it, that blew my mind. Like I didn't know how much of a difference it could make to a toasty. Wow. But I think, so kind of a boring answer, really like a classic toasty. But mm. he would make it in the this like old school toasty iron. Do you know what those look like? Is it like a panini press? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, like, so, well, it's got, yeah, like, it folds like a cast iron. 
<laughs> I think that's what it's meant. Yeah. A cast iron thing, and it's got like your little squares for each toasty, and then uh, you, fo- you okay. fold over another one, and then you just like cook it on like ideally a gas, like an element. Um, dab, yeah, just do it on top of the stovetop. Like that would be amazing for campfires. Like you could put it over a campfire, oh, and cook yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then when you open it up, there's like these imprints in the toasty. But Dad would make them, and they were just amazing. I mean, Talia's getting married, life. right? I, mean, I know! I hope what that I'm getting invited heck? to. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't wait for a wedding. No pressure, Talia. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a rager. 